Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Michael Guidry, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, House Democrats say they were surprised when a resolution to restore the state's ballot initiative process was different from what they had been promised. Then, it's been more than 60 years since the assassination of civil rights icon Medgar Evers. We speak with his daughter about how his actions changed the lives of black Mississippians. Plus, emergency managers are cautioning folks about the types of severe weather expected across the state this spring. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Democratic representatives in the Mississippi House were surprised when their chamber took up a resolution to restore the ballot initiative process. House Minority Leader Robert Johnson of Natchez says Speaker Jason White claimed they would pursue an initiative process that would closely resemble the existing language in the state constitution. But when the bill came to the House floor last month, Johnson says it deviated greatly from what they expected. Speaker White actually came to our caucus and talked to us. We had a really good exchange. And one of the things he actually said to us is that on initiative referendum, he said to us that I intend to come out with a clean bill. Well, it was anything but a clean bill. And I talked to him about it, and he said as much as he wanted to, there was just an overwhelming uh, move in his own caucus to do it that way. It wasn't necessarily his preference. But he does lead the Republican caucus, so uh, I would— I would have rather seen him stand up and say, no, we're not doing it, but they did it. And But that bill is still alive and a lot of work to be done. If it comes back, I hope we get a chance to fix it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to you know, spend a large large portion of the time on, on that, that bill, that ballot initiative bill, but watching that on the floor, uh, the, the, the presentation in defense of the bill seemed a lot of, well, this is just what we have. This is what will get us moving forward to the Senate. And so um, based on what you just said about like wanting, being promised a clean bill and wanting to see a clean bill, um, you know, does, what, what, when, does that part of the process like create frustration? Yeah, it does. Cr- it, it creates frustration because last year the Senate was the, was the House that kept saying we need to put all these restrictions in the bill. We need to make sure we have more signatures. We, do, we need to make sure we have veto power, be able to overturn something we don't like. The House – the House was the House that was the one that was saying, no, it doesn't need to be as restricted. So for us to start out that way uh, was a little was disappointing. It, we, you know, 
I anticipated getting a bill back from the Senate with that kind of foolishness in it. I didn't expect to send one to them. And so I'm just hoping that maybe now the Senate, and I heard uh, the Senate cha- has a change of heart. I've heard uh, on different occasions, I've heard the lieutenant governor say he thinks it ought to be a clean bill, uh, even though he seemed to agree that he was pro-life. I heard him on this program say, I'm pro-life, right. and so I don't have a problem with that part of it. But uh, the, the the Republicans in the House and the Senate say that they represent the people of the state of Mississippi, the majority of them, and they, that's why they have a supermajority. And if you believe that, then you shouldn't be afraid of any issue. You would expect that the people who elected you would carry an issue that you support in the House of Representatives. And then uh, one last thing on kind of like the, this change, uh, and you mentioned um, the, the the conversation with the lieutenant governor on the on, the, um, on this program last yeah. week. Um, what are you seeing, or are are you seeing the same things he's seeing when it comes to a commitment to these uh, these joint hearings between House committees and Senate committees? And is it is it producing you know is it producing you know quality work, and is it making the process smoother in some regards? Like, like I, the I think so. Claims? I have to. I have to admit. I think. I think they are, and I'm glad to see more of that. We're seeing more of that this year than we than I've ever seen. Uh, well, I, I used to see it. We used to have them quite a bit about 20 years ago, but okay. now we're back to doing them again. And I think what it does is it it uh, it opens the. It opens the process up to the public more. It gives a more intimate view about what the issues are. And it allows legislators, as opposed to to trying to do everything on the floor, to get ferret out some of these issues in these hearings. I'll give you a perfect example, even though it didn't manifest itself, in in, in my opinion, in legislation. But uh, mobile gaming, Mm -hmm. they had hearings all summer. And the few that I attended seemed to say, there are things that we need to do if we're going to have this to protect brick-and-mortar casinos. I don't think we did a very good job in the legislation that passed the House in doing that. Okay. But it still has to go to the Senate. So what came out of those hearings may, may manifest itself more out of what came out of what comes out of the Senate. But what I do know is that a lot of the information that I had, a lot of the information that other people had and questions we had, I wouldn't have had those but for those joint hearings. That's Democrat Robert Johnson of Natchez, the House Minority Leader. You can hear more, hear more of that conversation uh, on this week's At Issue, which airs Friday at 6.30. We'll continue our conversation and discuss topics ranging from Medicaid to infrastructure and felony disenfranchisement laws. That's At Issue 6.30 on Friday. Coming up, it's been more than 60 years since the assassination of civil rights icon Megar Evers. His daughter is sharing his story. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The fastest woman in the world was from Sand Hill, Mississippi. Tori Bowie, Rankin County native and gold medal Olympian from the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Games, passed away at the age of 32 in 2023 after conquering the world in sprint events and the long jump. The three-time NCAA All-American track and field elite athlete was also a fashion designer. We will always remember Tori Bowie. This has been an MPB Moment in Black History. If you aren't near a radio, you can still listen to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. You can download the MPB Public Media app for your smartphone or listen online at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Guidry. 
It's Black History Month, and the daughter of a civil rights icon is reminding people about how others put their lives on the line to secure rights for black Americans. A new book is being presented today at the two Mississippi museums in Jackson titled Medgar and Murley, written by journalist Joy Ann Reed. It tells the life story of the first field secretary for the NAACP in Mississippi, Medgar Evers, and his wife, Murley. Medgar Evers was assassinated for his part in the civil rights movement around 60 years ago. Rena Evers Everett is the daughter of Medgar and Murley Evers. She speaks with our Kobe Vance about how the story of her parents continues to speak volumes about the importance of equality and racial justice. I think about my father all the time. So it's not just black history. It's not just February. Because I think, and we need to highlight those that have made a difference in our lives for the betterment and those who've made a difference in our lives that impacted how we are today. What does it mean to you to have this time of year to be able to just, not necessarily just remember, but to put it to the forefront of the conversation for everybody? It's important because most people outside of Mississippi and inside of Mississippi know about my father's assassination. They know that he was an NAACP field secretary. But they don't always know what he did and what was the passion. Um, The passion that my father always had and the strength is because of the love of his home state and the love of his people. And what he wanted was the respect for his people. And so he was um, he was kind of like my Pied Piper. And he was a Pied Piper to our neighborhood on Gine Street because he was fun. He um, made us think. He would give us reading assignments, but he would always play games with us, and he would teach us different things like um, strategically learning different sounds that would designate whether it's a gunshot, a backfire of a car, or what to make sure that you're safe, to understand that there's different places to for protection, and how to look a person in the eye and speak directly to them and not be afraid. What do you think were some of the biggest contributions, your de- your father or even your mother who went on to also participate in the NAACP, what do you think their biggest contributions has been to Mississippi, the United States, and even the world? The investigations of the tragedies of lynchings and killings of... African-Americans, the violence that came with um, exposing the ills of of society, such as beating you because you are killing you, um, because you sassed uh, a white person or a child, white child. It's my, in my opinion, my father's greatest accomplishment 
was to expose the ills and to try and to get justice for those injustices that happen, but to get exposure for education of the law, to make sure that people understood their rights. And one of the best things I know about my dad is that he didn't do this by himself. And he didn't want to to have the claim of fame that he did by himself. It was so many people that felt the same way. He was out there. He took the brunt of a lot of it, but so did so many others. And to right wrongs and to make sure that we all knew that we're all human and we all should have respect for each other. Now, as I understand, there's going to be a book signing at the mm-hmm. two Mississippi museums here in Jackson. Uh, can you tell us a little about your involvement in that and what would you like to, people to be able to take away from it? Well, I want you to come, first of all. Um, I, it's, it's with the um, wonderful Joy Ann Reed of Read Out from MSNBC. Um, Joy, as that has encountered my mother several times uh, years ago doing different interviews and then just wanted to do the story of, of them that was has never been told. And I don't want to um, spoil too much, but come for a history lesson. Come for the understanding that love does elevate, love does have us um, survive in all kind of in, um, injustices, uh, but it's, it's a passion. And so um, it's at 5 o'clock for the book signing, 6 o'clock for the program at the two Mississippi museums with our First Lady, Ebony Namumba, having a conversation with Joanne Reed. Rena Evers Edward is the daughter of Medgar and Merle Evers. Coming up, emergency managers are cautioning folks about the types of severe weather expected across the state this spring. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Ingenue Ellis Taylor is an American actress known for her work in several film and television productions, including The Help in 2011, The Color Purple in 2023, and King Richard in 2021, where she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, nominated for two Primetime Emmy Awards for her roles in the miniseries When They See Us and Lovecraft Country. She was raised on her grandmother's farm in Magnolia, Mississippi, and attended Tougaloo College. This has been a moment in MPB Black History. Hi, Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. Please join me and my colleagues for the Mississippi Arts Hour, where we have in-depth conversations with different creative Mississippians. That's the Mississippi Arts Hour, Sundays at 5 on Think Radio, or download it as a podcast. Family owned. You know, I respect my dad a lot. I know it wasn't easy when he passed the baton to me, but in the end, he realized it was the best thing for the business to sometimes look at things from different colored lenses. Family owned, a legacy leadership podcast, exploring family businesses who make up the backbone of the American economy. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go to mpbonline.org.
Our goal at Everyday Tech is to keep your technology not only working, but working for you. I'm the host, Abram Nanny, and you can join me and my friends Wednesday mornings at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Or search Everyday Tech on your favorite podcasting app or download the MPB Public Media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Guidry. The Mississippi Emergency Management Agency is reminding people across the state to be weather aware during the spring season. Each day this week, they are promoting a different type of severe weather that occurs during the spring and how to stay safe during those events. Last year, experts say an estimated 61 tornadoes touched down in the state, including an EF4 that traveled leveled parts of Rolling Fork, Amory, and Silver City. Mallory White is the chief communications officer at MEMA. She tells our Mike McEwen the season can be one of the most volatile times of the year for severe storms. We do this every spring season. Uh, We get with the governor's office and, and he declares this week as a time for all Mississippians to take uh, a moment and pause with your family and go through your plan. Um, What is your plan for your family in case there is severe weather? Obviously, last year we saw significant um, life-taking, life-shattering and altering um, events that happened up in Rolling Fork and across the state all the way to Amory. And so we want people to remember that the spring season can be just as deadly as our fall season whenever it comes to severe weather in the state of Mississippi. And what are some of the topics or, I guess, weather phenomenon that this week is focusing on? Sure. So every day we have a specific topic that we want to discuss and that we will discuss. So Sunday is make a plan. And this plan is for your family to know where your safe place is. If you have to evacuate, what does that plan look like for your family? Uh, If your home gets destroyed, what is your plan after that? Uh, So this is a good time for you before the Super Bowl. um, Get with your family and make a plan. Make a severe weather preparedness plan with them and go through it. And then Monday, we're discussing severe thunderstorms. Severe thunderstorms and straight line winds can be just as damaging as a tornado itself. And so we're discussing the importance of of being aware of those. We're also discussing flash flooding in Mississippi. Uh, We have recently experienced that and just how deadly it can be and how damaging it can be and how you can prepare for that or how to react to it. On Wednesday is... uh, we're focusing on tornadoes. Uh, we have a statewide tornado drill at 915. And that isn't where si- sirens may not sound, but that is where we want you, wherever you are at 915, to practice going to your safe spot if there was a tornado warning. Is that in your school? Is that at your place of work? Is it at your home? What does that look like? And just take a few minutes at 915 Wednesday and practice going to your safe spot. Thursday, we're discussing lightning. Friday, alerts and warnings. It is imperative for every Mississippian to have multiple ways to receive severe weather alerts, whether it's through apps, watching your favorite meteorologist on TV, uh, tornado sirens, those types of things. Uh, One piece that we always tell people, though, is do not expect an outdoor tornado siren to wake you up in the middle of the night while you are inside of your home. 
that's not their purpose. Uh, their purpose is to uh, alert people who are outside. It's time for you to seek shelter. And then Saturday is mobile home safety and just how important it is if you do live in a mobile home that you have a plan of action during severe weather. Have there been any updates or changes to this week of preparedness or maybe some alert systems following the high tornadic activity in March of last year and specifically the storm that wound up hitting Rolling Fork? Maybe just if there were any lessons gleaned from that experience, something that could be done better. Has anything changed since then? So we actually use what happened in Rolling Fork and in Amory in our fall severe weather preparedness week, um, whenever, it, whenever it happened in 2023, in the fall of 2023. And we went back to those areas and we talked to real people who actually did have a plan and how they survived the tornado and where their safe place was. Um, they actually put all of this into action. And so we have those, those real stories. They're, they're published on our social media and on our YouTube page. And this is one of those things that, and, and you know this, Mississippi does not get a break whenever it comes to some type of severe weather. We go from winter weather and ice to spring severe weather with thunderstorms and tornadoes. We have some potential severe weather this Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday. Then we go straight into hurricane season, and right after hurricane season, it's fall severe weather season. And so we have very two distinct severe weather seasons in Mississippi, but we also have winter weather and hurricane season. And so this is one of those things where it may seem like we are a broken record, and we don't want to be a broken record for people. We want people to understand just how serious this is, that there is not one place that is untouched in Mississippi that could experience something as tragic as what the people of Rolling Fork and Amory and, and Silver City experienced in March of last year. Mallory White is the Chief Communications Officer at the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.